This is Greg Olson, and I'm thrilled to introduce my new podcast, TE1. TE1 will chronicle a 60-year evolution of the tight end position, from its origins as an obscure, overlooked blocking role to the versatile superstar position that it is today. I'll explore the evolution of the position through conversations with some of the all-time game-changing tight ends. And just like the incredible tight ends we sit down with on my new show, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. This truck is all about grit, strength, and dependability. The same attributes it takes to be a tight end. Blue Wire. With the first pick in the 2009 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Matthew Stafford. Welcome to episode 111 of the Michael Rothstein Show. I'm your host, as always, Michael Rothstein. This episode brought to you by DoorDash, Sunday Ticket, and Bet Online. Make sure to check out all those sponsors. That can only help us down the road. And obviously some big news came Sunday morning, less than 24 hours after the roster was set. This weekend, cuts weekends, always really, really wild. And for the Lions, it was especially so because they signed a future Hall of Famer. Adrian Peterson might be 35 years old. He might be in the decline of his career. There's no question he's in the decline of his career. But he is going to be a Detroit Lion. The deal isn't official yet. It hasn't been officially announced, but it's happening Adrian Peterson talked about it on the record to Justina Anderson. He acknowledged a tweet from Barry Sanders welcoming him to Detroit. It's happening. Adrian Peterson is going to be a Lions player. Now, what does that mean for Detroit? And it's a bit of an open question. I think there are a lot of prongs to it. And we'll start here. And this is going to be the main topic of the entire episode. But we're going to start here. Bob Quinn and even more so Matt Patricia have been searching for a veteran running back for years. Years at this point. It has been one of the things that they have done over and over again and failed at over and over and over again. Let's go back in history, right? Last season, the Lions bring in C.J. Anderson. They hope he's going to be a veteran compliment to carry on Johnson and to tie Johnson. C.J. Anderson lasts less than a month into Detroit's regular season before he gets cut. He is ineffective. The year before that, Matt Patricia's first season, the Lions bring in LeGarrette Blunt. He's two seasons removed from leading the NFL in rushing touchdowns with 18. He comes to Detroit. He's a guy that they're hoping can bring in the culture that Matt Patricia wants to instill. He's a former Patriots guy. He's a veteran. He's had talent. He's had over 1,000-yard seasons. He comes in, and other than a couple of games, he's largely ineffective. By the end of the season, you're wondering why they're giving the ball to LeGarrette Blunt and not to Zach Zenner. From a production standpoint, it just 
didn't work. And you can even argue from a culture standpoint, considering all the issues that Matt Patricia had in his first year with the Lions, that didn't work either. Bob Quinn's gone down this road himself even before Blunt and before C.J. Anderson. They brought in Stephen Ridley early on in Bob Quinn's tenure as a GM. But Bob Quinn, as he's done in the past, as we've seen him do even on this cuts weekend, he has no problem walking away from decisions really quickly if it doesn't necessarily work. He did that with Stephen Ridley when he signed Ridley back in 2016 during his first year. Ridley ended up bouncing around the league after that, but ended his career in 2018 with the Steelers, but it just didn't really work for him because the Lions felt they had better backs. In Blunt's case and in C.J. Anderson's case, this was the last stop of their career in Detroit. So they're clearly searching for a veteran running back, a guy that maybe can still have something left to go and you get him for the price you get him at, and you hope he has something left, and you hope he can mentor the younger backs. Now, I think Adrian Peterson is on a different level than Stephen Ridley and LeGarrette Blunt and C.J. Anderson for a couple of reasons. First, Adrian Peterson rushed for 898 yards last year. He had a 1,000-yard season in 2018. The Lions haven't had a 1,000-yard season since Reggie Bush in the 2013 season. They actually haven't had a running back rush for more than what Adrian Peterson ran for last season since 2015. So it's been a while. Sure, some of that has to do with injury, especially to on Johnson. And when on Johnson's been healthy, he's looked really good. But make no mistake about it, Adrian Peterson, if he can give them 75% of what he was, even 65% of what he was at his peak when he would run all over the Lions when he was with the Minnesota Vikings, then there might be some value here. You just have to understand what you're getting. You're seeing the name and getting really excited about the name, but that's not the same player that you're used to seeing, that you remember seeing back in his prime. Is it possible Adrian Peterson may have an 800, 900-yard season in him? Sure, it's possible. Is it possible that he's got a 1,500, 1,600, 1,700-yard 1700 season in him? No, but also when you look at the Lions running back room, that's unlikely to happen regardless because Matt Patricia wants to run a running back by committee, and that comes even more so, I think, with the addition of Adrian Peterson. The two major questions I would ask are these. Does Adrian Peterson have anything left in the tank? And is Adrian Peterson willing to play a role? On Friday when he was cut from Washington, I didn't know the answer to either one of those questions. I still don't necessarily know the answer to either one of those questions. I think that he does have something left in the tank, although the fact that Washington cut him with the running back room that they have, it's not like they have a bona fide star or a bona fide lead back, makes me really wonder a little bit of maybe how much they think he really had left. Or if they really just feel that good about some of their young guys, including Antonio Gibson, who right now from a fantasy perspective probably jumps up greatly. And then the second question is, would Adrian Peterson be willing to go somewhere and play a role and not be the guy? I think in coming to Detroit, he's somewhat answered that question that, yes, he's willing to take a role and be a guy and not the guy. And I say that, and we'll get into this more after the break, but... 
there are going to be certain situations where it could be a liability to have Adrian Peterson on the field and where it might not make sense in the offense. And there are certain situations where he might end up being the best back for the offense. It's going to be very situational. It's going to be something Daryl Bevel is going to have to figure out. It's not going to be like the last time the two of them worked together in Minnesota where Peterson was the workhorse, the guy he gave the ball to, and he was the best running back in the game. That was what Daryl Bevel got in Adrian Peterson's first four seasons in the NFL when they worked together in Minnesota. The Adrian Peterson he's getting now has to be used differently. He should be used differently, and I would anticipate that that will happen. But we'll get into that, and we'll get into some other more smaller moves that the Lions made on Sunday right after this break. You've counted on restaurants, now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy, open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. I'm hungry just thinking about that. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on its way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. And Sunday, Sunday, Sundays, they're coming back to the NFL. That's right. It's happening this Sunday, even Thursday, just a couple days away now. But with NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices, plus Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite team's and your favorite players. So if you're not in Detroit's market, for instance, and you are a Lions fan, check them out there because guess what? They've got Adrian Peterson now. So no matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. And hey, if you are looking for a place to watch a game on Sunday, Check out Regents Field in Ann Arbor. They're back open now. They're open from Tuesday to Sunday. They're open and they've got live TVs. They've got outside seating where you can watch those TVs. You've got free ski ball, free darts, and even some free video games, including NBA Jam. So go check them out on South Main Street in Ann Arbor. And yeah, it's a fun time. Now, back to our show. So as we were talking about with the signing of Adrian Peterson, let's now look into what this could mean in the running back room. And while the deal is not official, at least as of really, really early Monday morning, it will be at some point. But it's going to have ramifications for almost every running back that the Lions have. Let's start with DeAndre Swift, the rookie. From an on-field perspective, it shouldn't have too much of an effect on him. He's going to be the primary pass catcher out of the backfield. He's going to be likely the third down back. He's the guy that I think eventually down the road will be the one that gets the majority of the carries as well, although I don't expect that to happen early for a multitude of reasons, including the running back by committee approach, Matt Patricia's typical approach to how he wants to handle rookie running backs, and the fact that Swift has been dealing with injuries 
throughout the majority of camp. So I would not expect a ton from DeAndre Swift early, but I don't think Adrian Peterson is going to cut into his role too much because Peterson is not a guy who is a prolific pass catcher. He doesn't have the same sort of explosiveness that DeAndre Swift has and the same sort of shiftiness that he has as well. That's where Jason Huntley could have come in as a backup to him, but Jason Huntley is now with Philadelphia as he got claimed on waivers on Sunday, the only Lions player to get claimed. So Swift, I think, will still have his role. Here's where it gets a little bit more dicey. I think this will affect Carrion Johnson, and I think it could be a good thing for Carrion Johnson overall, but it might not be the best thing if you're worried about Carrion Johnson in fantasy. From an overall perspective, Carrion Johnson could be a benefactor here because he might not get as many carries in a game, but theoretically he's going to be more effective with the carries he does have because he should be fresher. It would not shock me if you saw Carrion Johnson and Adrian Peterson split a lot of the early down carries in games. And that can only benefit Carrion Johnson because he has missed at least six games a season in both of his NFL years. And this can hopefully mitigate some injury risk for Johnson. He's already wearing a knee brace on his right knee. As he said, he's now one with the knee brace. And I remember back when the Lions signed Bo Scarborough and then Carrion Johnson came back and Bo Scarborough was playing well. I talked to Carrion about that and he said, listen, I'm happy to have another talented back in the room. I'm happy to have more backs in the room because that will only keep me fresher and that will give teams different looks. And yeah, Carrion Johnson and Adrian Peterson are different backs. Peterson's a bigger kind of a bulldozer type back at this point in his career where I think Carrion Johnson still has maybe a little bit more elusiveness than Peterson. I think he's probably a little bit better catching passes out of the backfield. So they could have somewhat different roles, but from an early down perspective, which is maybe how the Lions would have viewed Carrion Johnson this year, you could see more of a timeshare with Carrion Johnson and Adrian Peterson. That brings me to both Scarborough and Ty Johnson, and there's a chance one of those guys ends up not on the roster, maybe even by the time you're listening to this podcast. What I think Adrian Peterson's signing does is it greatly diminishes the roles of both Scarborough and Ty Johnson in terms of offense. Ty Johnson may still have a special teams role, which is why I think he'll still theoretically be on this team. And he offers a little bit more versatility when it comes to maybe being kind of a backup third down back to DeAndre Swift. Both Scarborough, Adrian Peterson's kind of a replica there. Uh, or rather, I mean, both Scarborough is kind of a replica of what Adrian Peterson is and what I think they would like that role to be. So if I'm looking at this roster right now. Bo Scarborough, to me, I'm not sure exactly where his playing time is going to come. Now, it's possible he stays up on the 53-man roster and he ends up being inactive some weeks. Or maybe, honestly, maybe Adrian Peterson ends up being inactive some weeks if Peterson doesn't have the type of impact that he's expecting to have and ends up having more of a LeGarrette Blunt-like impact. So it's entirely possible Bo Scarborough ends up having a role in this offense, but looking at it on paper, Adrian Peterson, I think, could be better fit for that type of role of that short yardage, goal line type of running back. And I think that's just kind of where it might stand right now. Now, be wary with 
any Lions running back at this point, if you're looking at it from a fantasy perspective, or even if you're trying to forecast it in real life, because I look at how the Patriots run their running back system and how some other teams run their running back systems. And to me, I think that's what you're going to see, which is it could end up being very matchup dependent. It could end up being very much hot hand dependent. And that's not something you can necessarily predict from week to week. I think there could be some weeks where Adrian Peterson gets 15, 16 carries and somewhere maybe he only gets five or six. And there could be some where on Johnson plays a ton and somewhere he doesn't play much at all. And it's going to, I think, vary based off of the defense, based off of the time of year. And some of it could depend on how DeAndre Swift progresses as well. So it's going to be a tough running back room to read. And I think it's going to be something that you're going to be playing a guessing game from a fantasy perspective and even from a real-life perspective from week to week, from game to game. Heck, even from quarter to quarter, potentially, depending on how Daryl Bevel wants to employ his running backs. So when you look at Adrian Peterson, what are the Lions getting? From an off-field perspective, I think that they're getting a lot. I think he's the type of guy at this point in his career that has no problem mentoring other younger running backs. You kind of saw it on social media. Carryon Johnson was kind of fanboying out a little bit that he was going to get a chance to play with Adrian Peterson. And that, and then obviously you saw the tweet from Barry Sanders, but that to me says, hey, listen, maybe Adrian Peterson can teach the younger running back something. And if he is able to impart some of his knowledge on what will be a surely Hall of Fame career, then that could end up being worth it for guys like Kerryon Johnson and DeAndre Swift. And I think that that's really part of what the Lions have been trying to do all along with bringing in the veteran running backs. Because while Peterson's 35, none of the other running backs in their room are over 23, at least on the 53-man roster. So they could use that mentorship. I go think back to last season after Bo Scarborough played against Washington. It was one of his first games, and he played really well. And Peterson gave him his jersey after the game and signed it with a very personal message. That jersey hung in Peterson, in, sorry, not in Peterson, in Scarborough's locker for the majority of the rest of the season, if not the entire rest of the season. Heck, it's possible it might even still be in there, although that's doubtful. At this point, based off of it being a long time and Bo Scarborough has since gone home, but that was something that meant a lot to Bo Scarborough. And I think that that type of mentorship can be invaluable for any of the running backs on the roster. Heck, it can even be invaluable for Jason Cabinda, the team's fullback, who's converting from linebacker. I think there's a lot that can be learned from how Adrian Peterson took care of his body and how he played as a running back in his prime that any of those running backs can take. And from the sounds of it in Adrian Peterson's other stops, he's been pretty open with working with younger running backs. So that can only be a benefit as well for guys like Kerryon Johnson and DeAndre Swift, particularly because they're going to theoretically be in larger roles in the offense than Bo Scarborough and Ty Johnson. So lastly, when it comes to Peterson, what, where can this maybe go as a positive or a negative? The positive for the Lions would be Peterson and Bevel are able to really work together and maybe not get back to his prime, but get to the Washington levels of where he was, where he's averaging over four yards a carry, where he gets at least 800 yards 
and where he can be not the lead back, but a back that you can sometimes count on. And he also offers that mentorship that I was talking about. I think that's the best case scenario for the Lions. If he's able to get to 1,000 yards, that's even better for Detroit because I think that probably means their offense has been pretty good. And frankly, they're probably winning a few games because they're not having to throw the ball as much later in games because you would look at maybe the roles in this offense and Peterson could end up being like that close it out four-minute back when he gets a lot of carries. Maybe that's a role for Adrian Peterson this year. How can this go poorly? Well, it can be a C.J. Anderson, LeGarrette Blunt situation where they just don't have anything left, where it's the sad end of a career of a long career for a great player that happens again in Detroit. And we've seen that before. I mentioned on Twitter on Sunday morning that the Lions have had a mixed bag of sorts when it's been to these veteran-type signings. Anquan Bolden and Rasheem Mathis were great for the Lions, gave them a couple of years, in Bolden's case, one year, in Mass's case, a couple of years, gave great mentorship and played well. And you're seeing that also with Danny Amendola now. But it's also gone really poorly. C.J. Anderson, LeGarrette Blount, Dwight Freeney ended his Hall of Fame, more than expected Hall of Fame career with five games in Detroit where he did not record a statistic. There are people that forgot Dwight Freeney was even on the Lions when I mentioned it on Twitter, they were very confused. So it can go very poorly, but I would imagine based off of the fact that it seemed like there was a chance that the that Washington was going to keep Adrian Peterson at some point in the last 10 days, that there's the belief that there's at least something left there. Now, what does that mean? How much of that there is? That's too early to tell. I don't even think the Lions really know that yet because we don't have the benefit of any preseason tape. We don't have the benefit of really much of anything. This is very much feels like a kind of a dart throw in some cases, although maybe an educated dart throw where you're just taking a chance on a guy and if he ends up who is extremely talented and if he ends up having something left, he's working with the guy that he knows really well and... If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. It doesn't seem like his contract was a massive deal by any stretch of the imagination. So, I mean, this is going to sound crazy, but if it's really not working, I think it's a situation the Lions can walk away from if they really needed to. Now, do I think that they would do that? I don't know. I, I It would be tough to say, and you would think that it would have to go really south for the Lions to do that, and I'm not anticipating that it will go in that direction, but it's not like they're tied into him for $7, 8000000 million. So that's, I think, a benefit for the Lions as well when it comes to his overall contract. So it's going to be really interesting to see. It's going to be interesting to watch, and it makes the Lions' backfield a position that was probably one of the weakest ones on their offense still. Despite all the talent, there were a lot of questions with every back. Still a lot of questions, but at least they have a proven solid performer that is now in their backfield as well that can give them another option. And that is how I would overall view Adrian Peterson at the end of the day. So what else happened in the world of the Lions? As I mentioned, Jason Huntley, the only player from Detroit that got claimed on waivers. He is off to Philadelphia, so the former fifth-round pick will not be heading back to the Lions anytime soon. Now, hey, if he gets released at some point, maybe he ends up back with the Lions. But 
let's see how it goes from in Philly. I think that's a good landing spot for him. The Lions also re-signed Ode Abouche, so they brought back one of the three linemen that were surprise cuts on Saturday, on Sunday, and they put Mike Ford, the cornerback, on injured reserve. So he's not going to be able to play for at least the first three weeks of the season, and we'll see what happens from there. Don't forget the Lions went pretty heavy at cornerback, and this explains a little bit of the reason why, because Ford was clearly destined for injured reserve early on. If you remember, he got hurt in one of the two indoor practices. The Lions had the one that was in Allen Park, and... He came back and he did practice after that, but maybe he's just not quite there yet. It's anticipated that there could be a couple of other moves made by the Lions. Obviously, the Lions need to make a corresponding move once they officially sign Adrian Peterson. But it's entirely possible that Hunter Bryant also ends up going on injured reserve. That's widely expected, but not official in any sort of capacity. And what would happen there? Which brings me to the practice squad, which is the last thing that we'll hit on Today, the Lions established their practice squad. No real surprises on this practice squad. Every player they brought back has been with the Lions at some point in the last year. 15 of the 16 of them were cut between Friday. Well, were all cut on Saturday because they didn't bring Chris Lacey back. The only guy who was not a cut-down day cut is Jonathan Wynn. The defensive end, he's been back and forth on the team's practice squad over the last couple of years. But they did bring back Steve Wordle, the long snapper, as we talked about. They did bring back Aaron Sippos, the punter, as we talked about. So it would not shock me if you see both of those guys kind of on the practice squad the whole year. And as insurance policies for Jack Fox and for Dom Neilbach, either due to COVID or due to performance. Because both of those battles, as we talked about, were very, very close. So this gives the Lions some flexibility here with an expanded practice squad that you can work with. And it's not surprising that they would do that, especially this early in the year. And you kind of go and see what happens from there. Other guys that are on the practice squad, like I said, no real surprises. Bo Benchwell and Kenny Wiggins. The other two offensive linemen, along with Odea Boucher, that really seem to have a shot at the roster, both land on the 16-man practice squad. It would not shock me to see one or both of them end up promoted to the active roster at some point this year, especially if injuries start to creep up. And it wouldn't shock me if they brought up one of them, particularly Wiggins, if there were an injury on the interior of the offensive line and playing him versus saying play, playing Logan Stenberg. To me, Logan Stenberg might end up being more of a stash this season to let him develop, but you can't necessarily stash him as a fourth-round pick on the practice squad. You pretty much had to roll with him on the initial 53. David Blau got through waivers, so he ends up back on the Lions practice squad. There was going to be some question there where maybe a team would pick him up, but he got through, he'll be back, he's a developmental quarterback, and I would imagine he stays, barring some sort of COVID or injury situation, on the practice squad all year. Obviously, the question would be then, if a team really wanted to make a move for him and promote him to the 53, what the Lions would do at that point and how they would handle that. But that's a general every year situation, not a COVID situation. And I don't know what the answer would be. I think it would maybe depend on the time of year and how they feel about certain situations in the quarterback room at that point in time. 
At wide receiver, they brought back Victor Bolden and they brought back Tom Kennedy. Not a surprise on either one of these guys. Victor Bolden's a speed guy that if Marvin Hall were to get hurt uh, or Jamal Agnew were to get hurt, he would be a guy that would make sense to get called up because he can also handle a little bit in the return game. Daryl Bevel did mention him at one point during camp unprompted among that receiver group. So not shocking that he would end up there. Tom Kennedy, I think, is a guy that they're really still developing. To me, Kennedy is a guy that probably ends up on the practice squad the entire season unless someone tries to poach him. And then like with Blau, you have a decision to make. But Kennedy, to me, is a guy to watch for 2021, especially if they do not bring back, say, Danny Amendola then Kennedy maybe can really compete for a roster spot then. But they like him a lot. They want to. And he has shown a lot of development from year one to year two. And he was able to do that largely on the practice squad. So you would think with that raw talent that he has and the fact that he's still learning how to play football again after having primarily a lacrosse career at Bryant, that this is somebody who maybe by 2021 could end up being a depth receiver for the Lions. So then at tight end, they... Brought back Isaac Nada. Would not shock me if you see Isaac Nada on the 53-man roster in pretty short order, potentially, especially if Hunter Bryant goes to injured reserve because that's an easy call-up for them. And if that happens, then maybe you see a guy like Matt Sokol end up back on the team's practice squad. But that's maybe uh, if this, then that scenario. First, you got to see what they're doing with Hunter Bryant. Maybe it's possible Hunter Bryant is... Closer to ready to go than any of us anticipate, but we'll see what happens there. Maybe they're going to wait until Monday or, or Tuesday maybe to do that because theoretically they could have done that here today when they also did the Odea Boucher-Mike Ford move. So that's going to be something to watch as well. On the defensive line, as we mentioned, they brought back Jonathan Wynn. They also brought back Kevin Strong, which was another likely expected move because he was a roster bubble guy. Would not shock me if Kevin Strong gets called up somewhat quickly if they feel like they need help. This could be a matchup situational thing as well, where maybe you bring him up if you see maybe you need more interior pass rush in a given week than maybe interior against the run. And you look at the Bears in week one, you maybe need more interior against the run. So that's where maybe having John Penasini up on the active roster is more beneficial. Plus, Penasini was a draft pick as well. But that's going to be, I think, be a strategic thing to watch as much as you can all year. One other thing I did forget to hit on is at running back, the Lions did put Jonathan Williams on their roster, on their practice squad roster. Not surprising. They, he was a guy that showed some flashes during camp. But again, depending what happens with the Adrian Peterson, Adrian Peterson situation, you do wonder whether if they were to cut, say, Ty Johnson or Bo Scarborough, whether they would rather have one of those backs on the practice squad instead of Jonathan Williams. And maybe Jonathan Williams ends up being not on the practice squad for long. But again, those are just kind of machinations and we'll see what happens when it actually occurs. Just something to watch and keep an eye on. Another defensive lineman they kept, Frank Heron. Again, a guy that was maybe on the roster bubble a little bit. So not shocking that they held on to him. He's a guy that did play for them a little bit last year. He showed flashes during camp. So you need backups on the offensive and defensive line, especially between contact tracing, injury, and COVID. So it makes sense that they would kind of go heavy in both of those spots 
on their practice squad, especially with some of the rules in place that you can move guys up quickly and without penalty. They did bring back Anthony Pittman as a linebacker. Not shocking to see him in that role. They're still clearly trying to develop him there with some of the linebackers in contract years this year. Perhaps 2021 is the year where he maybe gets a much better shot at the roster. They kept Divergin on the practice squad, much like we've talked about with some of these other guys. From a special teams perspective, Divergin was likely one of the tougher cuts, although from a secondary perspective, when you saw how many corners they kept, there was no way he was going to end up on the roster. Now, he's a guy that if you get into special teams trouble somewhere, say a guy goes down or two, you're not getting enough out of your gunners, then maybe that's where they bring Divergin up. But he's a good guy to have down there if you need him. And you kind of just go from there and kind of see what happens. But he's a guy that I think could get called up in a pinch for a special teams role. Maybe not as much for a defensive role. They also kept a pair of undrafted free agent safeties in Bobby Price and Jalen Elliott. Both of them have a lot of potential. I think if there had been preseason games, one of those guys might have flashed enough to work their way onto the 53-man roster. I think this is a situation where them not having preseason games really hurt both of these players. Jalen Elliott is an incredibly intelligent player. He's rangy. He's played high-level competition. Bobby Price did not play that same high level of competition at Norfolk State, but he's got the size and speed that the Lions want at 6'3", 215, and he was one of the faster players out there. I thought he really moved very well and started to show some things here and there, but it was a tight, crowded safety room, and that was just going to be a tough place to break in, especially once C.J. Moore showed what he could do on special teams and Miles Killebrew continued to be a player with positional flexibility. So there just wasn't really a lot of room, I think, for a Bobby Price or a Jalen Elliott on the 53-man roster. I think when you also saw what some of the corners did, particularly Tony McRae, then there just wasn't going to be enough room there. And we already covered punter and we covered long snapper. So that is your practice squad. I expect that it's going to get some shifting throughout the year. I think it's going to get some movement. I don't think we'll quite see the roster and practice squad churn that we are used to seeing from the Lions because of COVID restrictions. But if all 16 of these guys are on there at the end of the season, I would be pretty floored at this point for multiple reasons. With that, that's our show. Like I said, it was a pretty hectic show. We're going to get into some Bears content, some interviews later on this week. I want to thank my sponsors, as always, Bet Online, Sunday Ticket, DoorDash, Regions Field, and Blue Wire for hosting this podcast. You can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Mike Rothstein, on Facebook at Michael Rothstein Journalist. And please don't forget to give us a five star review on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. And just subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. And we will chat with you tomorrow. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be on the in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BlueWire at betonline.ag. That's BlueWire, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts.